so unfortunately Carly can't be with us today she's stuff's come up so she will be with us next week hopefully and uh I'm Kat I'm Aileen this is our you know murder mystery mac and cheese show where we talk murder about mystery mac and Oh God, I'm not ready for the vibes of this podcast without Carly as a buffer. I know. There's, there's no mac and cheese jokes this week, unfortunately, because I'm hosting, I'm sharing my story that I researched. So, I mean, I could Google mac and cheese jokes right now. It's go for happens, it. But uh, we can. Uh, uh, I, I can try to. I can try to do both. I. But we'll see. We're gonna cool. see how this goes. Hopefully, we never have to do this again. <laughs> I know. Um, well, I don't have mac and cheese today, but I bought Sean and I some Chinese food. So I had some General Tso's chicken. Yum. And it's delicious. And I also have a Jameson and ginger ale. So if I get progressively more tipsy over the course of this episode, it's because I was drinking whiskey. <laughs> In a school <laughs> Don't even worry about it. And uh, y'all can't see me, but I am, in fact wearing a tiara for this week's episode because it's a very special one that's near and dear to my heart but Catherine is all into oh, the yeah. the vibes this week yeah not tiara end, and all not the, not the end of the vibes but the beginning of the vibes anyway what are you eating today so I do have mac and cheese today I think at this point is it just the first one where I didn't yeah I think I've had it every week since then but I'm a slacker I'm sorry so today I have like the Aldi, like generic brand mac and cheese, which is called Cheese Club. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I want to be a part of that. Same. <laughs> Literally anything with cheese in it, I am there. Cheese is my cheese, favorite food. Cheese, 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 <laughs> cheese. Yes. Cheese, cheese, cheese. But it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, shells and cheese. Ooh, okay. So, we got a nice little bowl. It's very reminiscent to me of uh, Annie's. You know how yeah. Annie's are like those little shell shapes. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of like Velveeta, where it's like a sauce that you pour over it instead of like a powder. Yeah. But I haven't tried it yet, so hopefully it's first good. Uh, live bite. We're gonna do it right now. Okay. Fuck yeah! Does it taste like Velveeta? Yeah, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> It's good. I oh Jesus. I sent it I sent a shell flying. For those of you, well, you can't see us because we don't post the video, but she sent us a shell flying and then picked it up with the tip of her finger and then slurped <laughs> it off the tip of her finger. <laughs> the lives are immaculate so far. Literally just went. <laughs> it just landed on my leg. It's not like it went like on the floor. But my dog would have slurped that right up. So I have uh, also uh, some seltzer today. Nice. All right. But not the al- not the alcoholic kind, just the regular kind. Nah, can't. Ready? Ooh, some ASMR I action. Love the sound of cans opening. I don't know why. I find it so crispy. Well, 
I was going to say something and then I forgot what I was going to say because my brain is literally Kat and Jade from Victorious. One of them is warring with the other one at all times. I, uh, I, in case anybody was distressed, I did, I did move. I got everything moved in. Um, now I just have probably months of unpacking to do. Mm-hmm. That's the um, worst part. Yes. You've been packing up, but- like at least you can get rid of some shit and then you can like organize them put them in boxes and know which ones you want to open up the unpacking is the pain in the ass i moved two months ago and i still haven't unpacked everything Mm -hmm. because i'm the worst that's gonna be me so far i've only been so we're recording on saturday and i moved on thursday so Mm -hmm. thursday was actually just physically getting everything in here so I've had Friday and Saturday to like semi unpack and I've done a little bit like I've pretty much put all of like my clothes in the closet and stuff. Yeah. But other than that, it's really been like, let me go digging through everything I packed to find the one thing I need. Yeah. Like I had That's to do that part. today. I had to find the box that I packed my pots in because I had to be able to cook the pasta. And I was like, yeah. Ugh, I didn't think this through. <laughs> it's not fun. But not you know, fun. I'll get there eventually. Sure will. Did I show you my little dino friend? Yes, I Isn't love he's him. He's so cute. What's his name? I don't know. I've just been calling him Dino, but uh, my sister Dino. got me this. Um, it's like the Dino from those comics. Yeah. And uh, they him. did a they did a pre, excuse me, they did a pre order. Um, if anybody is curious what I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, this Twitter account that's called uh, Dino Man underscore J um and it's a person that draws comics with dinosaurs as the characters and they're just so relatable and it's it's kind of horrifying how relatable they all are yeah it's a little scary but they just they did i want to say back in like november or december they did a pre-order of these like little plushies that are the character of the dinosaur in the comics and my sister bought it for me for my birthday and she was like, I know, which is in, in December. And she was like, well, I'm buying this for you for your birthday, but it says it's not going to ship until March. So just like, remember that the thought was there. And I was like, okay. There you go. Yeah. So I literally just got this like a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, but I literally am in love with him. He's so cute. Look how funny he looks straight on because you can't see his eyes. I know. I love him. I love him so much. He's uh, like my couch friend. Yeah, he should be. He sits be. on the couch with me. He should be. Um, well, speaking of like pre-ordering stuff, I went to the mall yesterday because I, for those of you that don't know, I am hardcore Marvel obsessed. Okay. Don't get me started because I will talk full on about Marvel for this entire episode instead. Um, and <laughs> I knew the new Falcon and the Winter Soldier show just came out. And let me tell you, Bucky Barnes is my comfort character because I am, in fact, a neurodivergent human being who takes comfort in fictional characters. Um, he's my favorite, and I I have two Funko Pops of him, and I was trying to find um, the Falcon Funko Pop, but they haven't been released yet, so I pre-ordered one on Amazon. I love <laughs> not, that for you. It's not going to get here until, like, June or July. Like, that's how early pre-ordered I, I did. But um, I love Bucky Barnes with my whole heart, and I would die for him. Um, Cat loves Bucky. Her name on Zoom right now is literally Bucky Barnes Simp. Listen. Shrimp. You can't say simp on like Twitch. I think it's Twitch where simp is banned. But Why? That's stupid. Defensive. <laughs> You're simping for someone. What is... 
That's not. Ooh. Okay. I'm heated. I say as I wear my Stark Industries t-shirt. Listen, people might take offense to this, but I'm neither Team Cap nor Team Iron Man. And those of you that understand what I'm talking about, good. Thank you so much. We can be friends forever. Um, but I know a lot of my other, like, Aileen isn't like the biggest Marvel fit. Like she's seen the movies and stuff, but she can't, she doesn't know like all the little intricacies that I'm high key obsessed with. I do so, not. I've only seen, I've seen the Avengers movies. Like the, it's four of them, right, Kat? I need to learn you. Yeah. And then Kat and I watched the first Iron Man together. We sure did. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I think that's all the ones I've seen. So I don't, I don't know like all the like nitty gritty details. Fair enough. But um, I'm neither team Cap nor team Iron Man because on one end of it, I am a Bucky Barnes simp hardcore forever. But on the other hand, I very much enjoy Iron Dad and Spider-Man's son. So I'm not on either side. I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. Like if I was there at that <laughs> battle, I would just be standing there like, I just got my iced coffee. I'm vibing. And everyone's just like beating the shit out of each other. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. Don't get cat started on Marvel. You already see how far on a tangent this one. <laughs> yes. So uh, again, you can't see me. I'm wearing a Stark Industries t-shirt and a tiara because today we are talking about the story of Princess Diana. I love Princess Diana. She is near and dear to my heart. She's one of my favorite historical figures. And I don't know why I haven't shared this with like my friends before, but I, she's just incredible and I'll explain why. So I just want to do like a trigger warning. There is discussion about like um, heavy mental illness, self-harm, depression, and suicidal ideations and stuff like that. So just be aware that that's where that kind of goes to, but <laughs> that's 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 kind of where we are. Anyway, this kick started because one, again, I love Diana, and two, I just recently watched that Meghan and Harry interview and it just kick-started my interest in the royal family again. I think that kind of happened to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I've always been, like, obsessed with, like, England and, like, England's culture and stuff like that because it, it's different from American culture. We know this. America is just uh, certainly special. It's kind of England's little infant child in comparison but uh, I uh, I studied abroad in London for a semester in college, so I can like firsthand attest that it's just like different. I just love um, history. It's like, did you get to see like the Globe Theater and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. See, I love that. Yep. Shit. It was like, I don't know. I loved it there. It was very like, I don't know. People just kind of like minded their own business. But, like, if you stopped someone on the street and, like, needed directions, like, people were nice to you. But I I went to the Tower of London, which has, like, the museum. And, like, that's where the museum is that housed the, mm-hmm. the crown jewels. Um, so that stuff was super cool. And I obviously saw, like, at certain points, I saw, like, Buckingham Palace. But I, mean- I was never there, like, when the Queen was there. Yeah, right, right, right. Was it, it was in the summer, so they were probably there in their summer. So a lot of times they'll go to Scotland for some, over the summer. Mm-hmm. I think she so. was in Scotland. I think she might have been in Scotland when I went to Scotland. Huh, nice. But, 
Um, Listen, I, what I do have to say, while, you know, no country is, like, absolutely perfect, England certainly has its issues. The royal family has a lot of ingrained bullshit in there. So while I do say I enjoy, like, hearing about the royal family and, like, their history and stuff, I don't condone, like, the ingrained, you know, racism and, like, misogyny that's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as per, you know, anywhere um i just think the history is in it's very interesting and i just think i personally like in high school i considered myself an anglophile because i was so obsessed with like england and like history there and like all of that stuff but there of course as most places there is problematic parts of it and Mm -hmm. problematic history so like keep that in mind when i am like talking up you know england and like the royal family and stuff i don't go at it blindly and say like oh my gosh they're so amazing because i know everybody is there's there's a lot there's a lot there. there's a lot of work lot to work through and a lot of problems that are are there but i think another I reason say, why why england is interesting to people like in america and outside of england is that it's one of the like most famous still existing monarchies yeah um and that's been around for like however many right. years i know so um, the other, and- the other thing I wanted to say oh, was yeah. when I studied abroad, it was the spring semester of 2016 mm-hmm. and literally like I would go like to bars and stuff and like just be talking to people. They'd be yeah. like, are you from America? Cause like, obviously they can tell. Cause and like, it's like, it's funny voice. too. Cause in college I, we had, so my freshman year, we were in a, a, a dorm and our floor was all girls. So it was just all girls. And there was two uh, students who were studying abroad one was from I believe Argentina I can't remember I really can't but um and the other one was from England and it was really interesting because she's like you guys' accents and we're like what accents like Mm -hmm. I personally don't consider myself to have an accent because I am neither I neither have a midwestern accent nor do I have a Boston accent and those are the two main players in my upbringing but she's like, oh yeah, no, you guys have accents. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's, I mean, weird, anybody that talks anybody that talks differently from like what you're used to is going to have an accent. an accent. Yeah. Um, but when I was there, it was like I said, it was the spring of 2016. So mm-hmm. those of you will remember that Donald Trump was elected in the 2016 oh. election. So that was kind right. of like the big thing was how like. Donald Trump was going to run run for president so without a doubt everywhere I went people were like oh you're from America I'd be like yes I am and they'd be like so what's the deal with Donald Trump like is you're he like, really running for president and I'm like dude don't even talk, don't to, me talk about to me about that because I will <laughs> why do you think I'm here okay. yeah exactly I'd be like yo bye get me um, away from it and listen, uh, at the end of all of it, England did a lot of colonizing over mm-hmm. around the world. So, you know, I acknowledge that. I know that that is a problematic thing. With But we also wouldn't be here in America right. without England. So, right. So, I mean, obviously we know the problems and the issues and the really problematic shit that has happened in the past. And we know this and we know that it still contributes to historically, you know, we're racism is prevalent so it's we we get it we understand but i in this episode we're just telling the story of princess diana and her life and what she went through so 
I just personally love her because who she was as a person. So shall we get started? Do you want to learn more about Princess Di? Always. I just, I love her. Okay. So we're going to start with just her early life. So Lady Diana Spencer was born to her parents, Francis, Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S, the female version, Ruth Roche and John Spencer on July 1st of 1961. Fun fact, my dad's birthday is July 1st of 1966 so she would have been five years older than my father wow. yeah she was one of five kids and actually one died in infancy so um yeah one of five kids so there were only four grown children so of course if you know like kind of the history of england spencer was a big name so she did grow up adjacent to aristocracy the whole her whole life she met prince charles when she when she was 16 years old and knew her family. Queen Elizabeth was actually her brother's godmother. She played with Charles's brothers when she was little. So there's a story, a story, a book called The Diana Chronicles written by Tina Brown. Um, and according to her, Charles once interrupted five-year-old Diana's tea party with his brother, Prince Andrew. Oh. I just thought was a cute fact. Yeah. So of course, like I said, the Spencers have been a very prominent family. They date back to the 15th to 16th centuries. So way long time. They've been around forever. They so she actually, was like up in high society, but wasn't like in the royal family, right? Yeah. She was very adjacent to it. So the Spencer family made their fortune as sheep farmers, actually. So they made a lot of money being sheep farmers and they just never lost that fortune. So it's just remained old money. <laughs> So in 1975, Diana actually gained the title of lady when her grandfather died, and then her father became the eighth Earl Spencer. So he took on the title and then she got her title. So we know the Spencer name, but a lot of famous Spencer women throughout history have been very, very notable, whereas the men would hold the earlship. They would hold the actual title, but there's a lot of famous women along the way. One was Sarah Marlborough. She was Queen Anne's confidant, and she was made popular by the movie The Favorite. And then I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Duchess with Keira Knightley. I love that movie. It's very, very good. I've never seen it. It's on Netflix, I think, or it's on Amazon Prime. But so it's back in like the 18th century, basically. She's also related, Diana is related to Georgina, Duchess of Devonshire. And like I said, there's a movie about it starring Keira Knightley. It's called The Duchess. Interesting story. And like I said, Diana very had a very privileged childhood. You know, she grew up with a very famous name, um, grew into her title. She actually had a nanny. Her name was Mary Clark and said, quote, Diana had a happy, secure childhood. From the moment I met her and worked with the family, I saw she was helpful, laughing, exuberant, loved by both her parents in the apple of her father's eye. And then later on, her brother Charles, so she, not to get confused with Prince Charles, heir to the throne, <laughs> brother Charles. Um, actually disagreed with this statement, adding that um, there are details that are not known and not well known. I'll go into this later, but her parents did get divorced when she was seven years old and actually had a permanent effect on her as she grew up. Her mom left her father for a man named Peter Shand Kidd. He was an Australian wallpaper tycoon and she was just like, hey, bye. See ya. Um, wallpaper? Wallpaper tycoon. Like, he just had a huge company about all about wallpaper. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> I feel like when you use the word tycoon or when you hear the word tycoon, the first thing that pops into your head is not wallpaper. No. No, <laughs> I mean, definitely. at the time, I bet wallpaper was, like, pretty popular. 
but you know, this day and age yeah. in 2021, you probably could not find somebody that would be proclaimed a wallpaper ty- tycoon. Just use paint. So later on, this would lead to a very uh, long courtroom and custody battle between their parents. Um, so when John got custody, so their father got full custody. He had permanent custody and all of the children lived with him later on. Diana actually said that she felt abandoned by her mother. And of course, you know, when it comes to custody battles like this, you know, the other parent is entitled to have um, visitation time with their children. So Charles, her brother, said, quote, while she, their mother, was packing her stuff to leave, she promised Diana she'd come back to see her. Diana used to wait on the doorstep for her, but she never came. So that's so sad. My heart. That's really sad. I know. My heart hurts for them. But their mother ended up getting totally shut out of the kids' lives, literally, because the doors of their um, current home called Park House was literally physically closed on her after her Saturday visits every week. Mm. Yeah, so that's fun. And that's very like, uh, it's not as common. You don't see fathers with full custody and mothers running off. It's very rare. It happens, of course, but it's not a common thing. Right. Especially in a family like this, like a very uh, prominent. I feel like divorce wasn't common or as like accepted in that kind of like prominent family either. Exactly. And that's, that comes into play later. I'll tell you. Uh, Yeah. So Charles actually is younger than Diana. So she was like two years old by the time their mother left. And she was like six or seven, something like that. So Charles later said that Diana was like a mother figure to him. Quote, she was the big sister who mothered me as a baby and endured those long train journeys between our parents' homes with me at weekends. Unquote. So that just speaks to who she is as a person, even at a young age. Mm -hmm. So later on, John did get remarried, but Diana did not get along with his second wife, whose name was Rain Leji. It's a French name. So Mm. I didn't, I didn't really look much into her because she doesn't really play a role later on. She's just kind of, he, he remarried his mother, her mother remarried and step parents. Actually, the sad part of that is none of the children knew about the wedding and they weren't invited. To the father's <laughs> wedding? Yeah. But didn't they live with him? Yeah. But they weren't invited to the wedding? No. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like where he was like, know. by the way, I'm just gonna like quickly run out to the Hi, store. This like is your I'll be back. Now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Comes back. Oh, I I'm lied. I, I did it. I didn't go to the store. We just like went and got married. Hello. Yeah. Was it like a big ceremony or did they just go to like, I think it was just a small thing. I don't think it was a big deal because I didn't really find anything about that. So, um, I I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense if they were just like, let's just go get married. And they just went to like a justice of the peace. And And you know what? He's happy and she's happy. Good. It's awesome. I can't blame Diana for being, um, resentful of that because she missed her mom. I don't blame her. So about the house a little bit, Park House, when Diana was born, she was born in, it's called Park House. It's a nine bedroom mansion on the Queen's grounds at Sandringham. Uh, The house was built in 1863 by the Prince of Wales. And actually when the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, and her family stayed at Sandringham, they spent time with the Spencer family. So they were very close. Mm -hmm. So in 1987, Park House was converted into a three-star hotel. And it was actually designed for visitors and people with disabilities with disabilities 
Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. And, um, you know, for a touristy thing, when guests stay, they're showed the room where Diana was born. So it was not a small house. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not if it was converted into a hotel. It was no. definitely not a small house. No. So to get a little into like the royal connections between the, the royal family and the Spencers, even before her marriage to Charles, so the heir, uh, Diana knew the royal family, as I've said. Her brother, Charles, is the queen's godson. Her father was Queen Mary's godson. And I, I can't speak to who, I don't, I don't know exactly where along the line Queen Mary is. I was thinking that it was the queen mother, Elizabeth's mother, but that's not correct. So her grandmother, um, Diana's grandmother, Lady Fermoy, F-E-R-M-O-Y, was a lady in, in waiting to the queen mother. So Elizabeth's mother. So a lot of connections, like just little tie-ins here and there. So back to, you know, the timeline here. When Diana was 14 years old, her grandfather died, passing the title of Earl Spencer to her father, making him the eighth in the line, and also made him heir to the family home. So Park House was not their family home. The mansion for, you know, the Earl was called Althorpe, Althorpe, A-L-T-H-O-R-P Park, Althorpe Park. And it had been in the Spencer family for over 500 years. Wow. When Sir John Spencer bought it in 1508. This is a quote uh, the author, the same author, writes in the Diana Chronicles. Quote, the children rarely visited the big house as a family when the old Earl was alive. Growing up, they knew nothing about their heritage, unquote. Which is kind of funny because you would think like, oh, I'm going to be the Earl someday. This is how this is going to work. Like, you'd, you'd think, think you'd they would know, yeah. Or at least be interested. Yeah. To speak to the size of this place, the estate sits on 13,000 acres in the English countryside and contains 28 listed buildings and structures. Okay. So it's a whole ass estate. The house itself is 100,000 square feet, 900, or 900. Oh my God. Wait, 90, this is 90. the. This is, wait, this is the house that Diana grew up in, or this is a different no, house? So Sorry, is, did I miss that? Yeah, so um, her fa- so the grandfather died, and the father got the next, he was the next in line for the Earl mm-hmm. title. So he's the eighth Earl of Spencer. And then she got um, her title as Lady Diana Spencer. Right. And they moved into, they moved into the Earl's house. So the Earl's okay, okay. is Althor Park. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I guess I didn't that connection didn't click that's okay it's confusing and today althorpe park is occasionally open to the public but her brother charles has the earl earldom earlship uh he holds the title now so he lives there and uh diana's grave is actually on the estate as well Mm. yeah so in 1970 at nine years old uh, Diana was sent to an all-girls boarding school called Riddlesworth. Three years later, she went to West Heath Boarding School for Girls, and today it actually has a plaque there in her honor. According to sources, Diana was not a school person. I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> she just yep. she wasn't her strong suit, and I said my comment was honestly, same girl. <laughs> So Diane actually failed her O level exams twice. So it's a kind of I, it's a it's a, an educational thing. So like graduation basically exams. I I don't understand the British school shit, and they don't understand ours. So I get it, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So if you know and you can explain to us what O levels are, please do, because 
I can't explain it in a way that makes sense to me. Anyway, I have no she, idea. She ended up dropping out of school at the age of 16, which, you know what? Good for you. Do what you need to do. Later on, she attended the Institute Alpine Vidimante. Vid, let's try that again. Institute Alpine Vidimaneta. Probably butchered that because it's Swiss. <laughs> a Swiss finishing school. And it was actually known for wealthy students. So a lot of, you know, very rich people go there. Mm-hmm. I could never go there. Not that I could anymore anyway, because I'm 26, but. <laughs> so at this point, that's, you know, in Switzerland, but 17 year old Diana had never been out of country, nor had she been on an airplane before. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it was at this time she first met Prince Charles, who at the time was dating her older sister, Sarah. Awkward. <laughs> I know. Um, Wait, I, question. Yes. When was the first time you were ever on a plane? seven years old maybe younger I was young I think I was like really little yeah maybe like two because I mean I think we'd flown to Ohio at some point and I was pretty young then but the one that I remember vividly is when I was like six or seven and we flew to Europe so that was like the longest one we'd ever been on yeah well I remember because my family went to Disney World when I I think I was like seven and -hmm. I remember that but I know that we used to go when I was really little mm-hmm. to Captiva Island in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so we obviously had to fly there. So, so I, I know that I was that. on a plane, but like, like you said, like the first time I remember being on a plane was when we went to Disney World when I was like, yeah. Seven. All right. Back to, back to Diana. <laughs> I just love her so much. She's just, so this was a fun fact. I just wanted to throw this in there. Cause you know, people think of like the royal family as just like stoic people who just do their royal duties and produce heirs and just they don't do anything fun but diana had a lot of passions that she's very interested in outside of school so she was really interested in swimming skiing tennis and playing piano but above all what she wanted to do was become a ballerina oh yeah unfortunately she stood at five foot ten which is bizarre because you would think that if you're a ballerina, you'd want to be tall with like the long legs and like the height and the length and the silhouette, you know what I mean? So she really struggled to pursue this. So she was like too tall to be a ballerina? Yeah. She's, she was tall. Like she's taller than me. Like I'm five, seven ish, five, eight. Like, yeah. So am I. She's, she's, she's tall, which girl. My sister is like five ten. Yeah. Um, in fact, she wanted so badly to be a ballerina that she reached out to the Vekani Vakani Dance School to train as a dance teacher because she couldn't become a dancer herself, so oh. she wanted to teach. And Madame Vekani told the real Diana, so this is a book author, that she only trained for a month and said, quote, she went skiing and never came back. I think she felt that the training three years and until 6.30 in the evening would be too all-embracing. She never never gave a reason for not returning, unquote. I saw in a different article that she actually got into a skiing accident and just had to stop. So um, there's a reason, but, you know, she just, she's 17, 18. She's, you know, teenager. Yeah, you don't really know what you're doing at that point. Yeah. I think every girl at some point in her life wanted to be a ballerina. Absolutely. Or I like decided, a dancer of some sort. I was a dumb idiot and decided gymnastics was the way to go, not realizing mm-hmm. that I was going to grow really fucking tall. So I definitely should have stuck with dance, but I didn't. I never did dance, actually. I think everybody just kind of has this fantasy. Did you ever watch Angelina Ballerina? So like, I wanted to be them. But like, I never did dance. I played soccer. Fair enough. 
I was terrible at soccer. I, uh, I wasn't very good at gymnastics. I just liked doing it until all of my joints were like, bitch, stop. And at that point, I was like, I don't like this anymore because I'm just constantly in pain. I just like <laughs> hated running <laughs> and uh, playing soccer, like a big chunk of playing soccer is running. Yeah. So I would just like refuse to run ever. Yeah. Um, but if you want some context to how bad I was at soccer is that I played soccer from when I was in first grade up until eighth grade, because that was like our standard, like rec league soccer. Um, and in that entire time frame, I scored one goal. Nice. I was absolute ass at soccer, (laughs) but did you, huh? But did you like doing it? Like before you're just like, "Mm." I mean, I definitely think I probably could have found something that I liked better. Um, but my mom wouldn't let us like play more than one sport at a time. So I just thought it was easier just to keep playing soccer since I like already knew how to do it and didn't involve like learning something else. And it just kind of sucks because I think about it sometimes and I'm like, I played soccer for so long that I could have been so good if I had just like cared and tried or like really tried because I just like kind of didn't really give a fuck and it was just like something else to do um then like obviously I turned out not very good at it fair enough but anyway (laughs) who cares we're disasters now anyway so true so true the thing that I love the most as we jump back into this is that whenever Diana felt stressed she would just dance that's so cute. I love that for her. So I, this is what I really appreciate about her and why she was so different is that she did work. Like she was considered quote unquote, a trust fund kid because she just was born into the name, but she worked as a nanny and a cleaning lady. Good for and, her. and she also did, um, she was a, a, a restaurant server. So, so she, she didn't really like need the money, but she just worked she, to work. Yeah, she did. She did work on jobs. She did house cleaning for her sister. Um, she served appetizers at cocktail parties and she actually worked as a kindergarten teacher for a while. Oh, that's awesome. That's what I love. Um, one of the most notable jobs she had, I saw, I saw um, a quote from this person. So she actually was a babysitter for um, an American businesswoman who said, quote, I just fell in love with her. She was wonderful with my child. And this woman's name was Mary Robertson. Oh, and unquote, sorry. Um, She said this in 2017. And honestly, uh, I loved this. She said, Robertson didn't even know Diana was part of the gentry until Diana left her card behind saying Lady Diana Spencer. But their friendship went on past her time, Diana's time as a babysitter. So they're just friends later on which I loved so this jumps into her marriage into the royal family so Charles and Diana first met when she was 16 years old in November of 1977 like I said Uh, again at the time he had been dating her older sister lady Sarah and it's creepy at the time he was 29 and she was 16 yeah that does not make me feel nice no I just, I'm going to side note, I don't like Prince Charles. Anyway, he took interest in her in the summer of 1980. So it was a little predatory, but like, (laughs) fine. (laughs) So creepy. Don't come for me. So the relationship actually progressed when he invited, 
when he invited her aboard the ship Britannia for a sailing weekend to Cowes, Cowes, I don't know how to say that. And then after that, she got the invitation to Balmoral. I probably said that wrong, so please don't come for me. I'm doing my best. <laughs> literally, literally every episode, one of us is like, I am so sorry. I probably butchered that. I really am trying. Like, I, I looked into, like, pronunciations and stuff. So if it's wrong, just gently correct me, because if I am, like, attacked verbally, I will cry. So... Um, that Balmoral is the royal family residence in Scotland, and he brought her there to meet his family. At the time, Diana was received by the queen and the queen mother. And so, I mean, to explain, the queen mother is the queen's mom, and she was the previous queen. The Duke of Edinburgh, Philip, the guy who literally looks like he's a corpse. <laughs> you, have you seen those pictures? Of yes, him? I have. He's, that, is not an, that is not a living person. He's not a living person. He's definitely dead, and they're just covering it for covering up. He just no. wants to die. Just let him die. Oh he's ninety nine. He's ninety nine. Yes. Like I don't think he's a good person. I he think was like just in the hospital, right? For a month. Oh my god, he's so old. He's not alive. You cannot convince me that that is a living person. No. Anyway. Yeah. So then after that, Charles subsequently just started courting Diana in London after his breakup with her older sister Sarah so awkward i know <laughs> how would you feel if your younger sister started dating your ex-boyfriend i'd be like well good because that guy was trash anyway so <laughs> hot take don't come for me Royal i family. don't have a younger sister so i can't relate i do and i'd be like you know what he's your problem now <laughs> you know what you should know better <laughs> Oh, good God. Okay, so on February 6th of 1981, uh, Prince Charles proposed at Windsor Castle. Diana accepted, of course, we know this. Um, but their engagement, actually, they kept it secret for two weeks. Ooh, two weeks. Saucy. <laughs> February 24th of 1981, they went couple... I'm gonna just... This is actually just bleach and ginger ale. I'm just going to go die now. <laughs> the couple went public with their engagement where Diana debuted her beautiful sapphire and diamond ring. She actually chose the ring herself. Her. You've seen it. Kate has it now. Princess Diana sapphire ring. Let me look it up. Ooh, gorgeous. That's ring. beautiful. William ended up getting it and he used that to propose to Kate. So in the family still yeah i, I really I don't, don't like that i don't either i feel like harry should have got her wait william is their son right william's the oldest and then there's harry they only had two kids so but D that's diana and charles's son right yes. so i guess that makes sense i thought yeah. for a second i was thinking i always get confused of the generations don't mind me popping my bubble wrap oh good um I, for some reason, was thinking that Prince William was Charles's uh, brother, but yeah. I know that it's not. It's a lot, um, a lot of common names. Like, yeah, I love that it's tradition, but I also think that you could get a little bit creative with it. I don't know. Anyway, continue. So, yes, she chose the ring herself, which I love. You go, girl. And so at the time, she was living in a London apartment with a couple of friends and I think like her sister or something. So she moves out of her apartment in London and into Buckingham Palace until the wedding and her her protective officer so at the time obviously you're going to need a protective officer to make sure you're safe mm -hmm. he said quote i just want you to know this is your last night of freedom ever in the rest of your life so make the most of it oh my god that's Unquote. so horrifying i know and unfortunately she was just really incredibly lonely and that makes me really sad for her 
Uh, fun fact. Diana was the first English woman to marry the first in line to the throne since Anne Hyde ma- married future James II over th- 300 years ago. That's and, so interesting. Yes. And she was the first royal bride to have a paying job before her engagement. For her. Go queen, right? What a queen. I know. Get she that bag, been, sis. She should have been the fucking queen. Let's just, I'm going to say that now. She would have made an amazing fucking queen. Okay. Because she knew the people. That's why she was called the people's princess. Mm-hmm. So on that topic, Diana is known for changing custom in the royal family. And this began before she was even married into the family. On March 9th of 1981, uh, Diana wears a plunging black gown by Elizabeth Emanuel for her first major post-engagement outing. At this outing, she met Grace, Princess of Monaco. Grace Kelly. Uh, It was actually criticized for being- Oh, yes. I almost forgot about that because Grace Kelly's an actress. Mm Mm-hmm. And then became a princess. Mm-hmm. I always forgot about that. So this dress was criticized for being too inappropriate. But like, fuck that. You go, queen. You go. This is really sad. She's later bothered by the media when they reported that she still has, quote, an ounce of or two of puppy fat. Ugh. Quote, making her resurgent eating disorder worse. Garbage. Yeah. So I hate when people do that. I fucking do too. Like, leave her alone. She's already under a lot of scrutiny here. Within her own future family. So fucking fuck off. Okay. July 29th, fun fact, my sister's birthday. Not the same year, but same day. <laughs> I was gonna say, well not. So this is creepy. I it, creepy and sweet. It's weird. So July 29th of 1981, less than a month after her 20th birthday. Diana weds Charles in the most famous royal wedding of all time. At the time, he is 32. Sorry. <laughs> Do you hear what I said? I, I heard at the time he was 32, but I missed what came before that. All right, we'll do that again. Cool. So July 29th of 1981, less than a month after her 20th birthday. Oh. Diana weds Charles in the most famous royal wedding of all time. And at the time, he He's was 32. 32. That's horrifying. He's not even cute. Like, okay, okay. Well, in fairness, my parents are seventeen years apart. I mean, it's so personally, that's fine. Like, the age difference doesn't bother me. I just, but my parents also got married when my mom was thirty-five and my dad was fifty-two. So it's different than getting than like dating at seventeen and like however freaking old he was twenty nine. Like he met her when she was sixteen and he was almost like thirty or something. Like it's we it's more predatory that way. Like age differences is for the record don't bother me if you're happy and both consenting and both of age and good for you. I love that you're happy. But this just felt more predatory you know? Yeah. I know what you because He's older. They've been family friends for however long. He was dating her older sister before and was like, nah, I want that one. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. That's what bothers me. It's not really the age difference. It's the fact that he just kind of was like, hmm, that's one. When she was 17 years old, you know. Any who's it. So he's 32. They went at St. Paul's Cathedral with 2,500 guests. Holy crap. This actually was out of custom because heirs to the throne typically wed at Westminster Abbey. Right. 
As you know, later on, Will and Kate got married at Westminster Abbey. Harry and Meghan did not. Because did they get married? St. George's Chapel. Because it was the only place that fit that many people. <laughs> so that already broke custom. So again, back to the fun fact. Fairy Tale Wedding was watched by 70, 750 million people on TV and 600,000 people lined the streets to try and catch a glimpse of the couple. 600,000? Holy crap. Yes. Good so, Lord Jesus. Oh my God, I could I never. Know. I know. I know it. Okay, I love this. So Diana deviated from the vow customs as well. She chose to omit the to honor and obey part. Yes. My comment was go queen. Yes, I love her. Fashion. I know. I love her so much. And another thing that they did to deviate from custom was they delayed their first kiss until they returned to Buckingham Palace. And it was actually unintentional. I think just busy 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 go 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 i think they're just so they didn't do the like you may kiss the bride thing yeah i think so another fun fact her infamous dress was valued at nine thousand pounds and in 2019 it was third it's equ- equivalent to thirty four thousand seven hundred fifty. i think it's pounds thirty four thousand seven hundred fifty. yeah and wow. her screen was 25 feet long approximately seven point something meters i didn't write that part down but it was 25 foot long train I'm looking at pictures right now. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, right in the middle of the 80s, like, perfect, beautiful. It's just, it's of the time, too. But it doesn't look, like, aside What from year time, was this that 19, they got married? 1981. Got it. I was going to say it does look very 80s. But, like, it doesn't look super different from, like, a classic wedding dress. I mean, the dress, the, the sleeves are poofy, yeah. My mom's wedding dress honestly kind of looked like that. That's why they call long veils cathedral length, because it's long like that. So then after they got married, she was officially part of the royal family. She ranked as the third highest female in British order of precedence after the queen and the queen mother. Oh, wow. Because she is the wife of uh, the crown prince. And actually, so the thing I like is while Queen Elizabeth probably has, probably definitely has older values and, you know, aside from the racism and the misogyny she i hear i heard from megan and also seemingly diana that she's actually very sweet and very kind to these two that married into the family so queen elizabeth lent her the cambridge lovers not tiara for the wedding so want to do you want me to show you or do you want to look it up kate wore it at an event at some point i look how pretty she is she doesn't look happy though that's the sad part. Oh, okay. So this article, actually. So going back to who Queen Mary was, the Queen's grandmother. So her father's godmother is the Queen's grandmother. Diana's gra- Diana's father's godmother is the Queen's grandmother. Okay. That's confusing as fuck. I'm sorry. So here it is. That's the tiara. Ooh, that's really pretty. Yeah. Kate also got to wear that as well. So... I just really wish Diana was still alive. I just, it hurts my heart. It hurt my heart so bad to research. The couple's first child, Prince William Arthur Philip Louis, November 5th of 1981, I think it's Louis, is born at St. Mary's Hospital, where his own children will actually later be born. It's very kind of And poor Diana, she can't catch a fucking break. She later suffers from postpartum depression. Ugh. On top of regular depression, which is not easy. Because if you can relate to this, if you are a neurodivergent and you suffer from depression, and then you suffer on top of that from, like, seasonal depression, 
Do you know how fucking hard that is? Esther. It actually was found out that it was a deliberate attempt to get attention from Charles. Ugh, that's so sad. And I, my, my comment was, we know this poor woman is in really deep struggling with her mental health so badly. And I just, it hurts my heart so bad. So February of 1982, there are pictures po- uh, published of a pregnant Diana in a bikini on vacation. She's on vacation. She's pregnant. She just want to have a good time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Leave her alone. And the Queen called it the, quote, blackest day in the history of British journalism. And I <laughs> just l- June t- <laughs> I'm sure. June 21st of 1982. I have never had kids and I'm not having kids for a little while, but I've only heard horror stories of postpartum depression. Like I, I can't even imagine what she went through feeling so alone and so depressed and just so stuck. I just... Diana, please, I love you. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you know of her like very famous uh, tour of Australia and New Zealand, but in March of 1983, she and Charles, along with nine-month-old William, go on their tour of Australia and New Zealand. This was compared to Meghan and Harry's tour of New Zealand and Australia. I can't remember exactly why, but it was just like pictures and just looking back and be like, oh, here's, you know, Diana did this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. She was criticized again this because William was still a baby so but she later explained that she hadn't initially wanted to bring him along but Malcolm Fraser the Australian Prime Minister actually suggested that she bring him so she got criticized for nothing and you know that she would have been criticized too if she didn't didn't bring him him. you left your nine-month-old baby at home and went on vacation like oh my god I hate that okay so we jump forward a little bit September 15th of 1984, Prince Henry Charles Albert David, quote, Harry, is born. We liked him a little bit better, a lot a bit better than William. He's Jeff. the one that's married to Meghan Markle. And you know their, side note, you know they're in love. You know they love each other. You know this. I know this. William cheated on Kate. I remember. Bitch! Diana's like, oh no, honey, your hairline is just going to get worse and worse and worse the more you start acting like your father. (laughs) (laughs) The more he acts like a shit stain, the more she takes his hair. (laughs) So Diana later said that she and Charles were the closest they'd ever been during her pregnancy with Harry, which is really fucking sad. So I love this. She just is trying to empower herself no matter, despite the fact that she's stuck and she's depressed and she's just doesn't know what to do. She knew that Harry was a boy. She didn't tell anybody this news. She didn't even tell Charles. Oh, wow. Are you ready to hate Charles even more? Oh, God. Charles wanted a girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. He complained, quote, it's a boy and he's even got red hair unquote my comment is fuck you dude like what do you like that's your child i hate like, aren't you supposed to love your child no matter what i really hate him <laughs> that was asmr never do that again <laughs> i hate prince charles oh <laughs> god i think apparently my dad thought that or maybe my mom one of my parents really? thought that all of us were going to be boys that's weird and then they end up with three girls yeah i love that because my parents my parents didn't find out the gender beforehand like they just like 
birth my mom just birthed us and it's like oh shit it's a girl but my name was gonna be patrick if i was a boy i was gonna be Brittany. oh yeah i remember you saying that but uh my my older sisters were both gonna be paul so like molly was gonna be paul and then obviously she was a girl so she was molly and then emily was gonna be paul and then emily was a girl but then they decided to switch it up and we're like if this one's a boy we'll name it patrick and i was still a girl paul hi i'm paul (laughs) That just flew back into my brain. Paul is uh, my mom's brother's name, so I think that's where my dad's name. Paul, is Paul came from. I know it is. Paul superiority. Anyway, Philip. So yeah, my call. My yes, my comment is fuck you, dude. So Diana superiority. This is really sad. Are you ready for your heart to break even further? Oh God. Diana later said, "Quote something inside me closed off." Unquote. Killing whatever love she had left for him. I'm sad. So I love this. She's amazing. She's an amazing mother. She's an amazing princess. She said uh, she made sure to give her sons wider just experiences than usual for royal children, which again was criticized and whatever. Fuck off. She rarely deferred to Charles or the royal family for anything, really. She chose their first given names, dismissed a royal nanny, and selected their school's clothing planned their outings, and took them to school herself as often as she could. Good for her. I know. She organized her public duties as the princess around her kids' schedule. Schedules, I should say. I love I, that. I love that. I know. So I thought this was kind of fun. It really doesn't have anything to do with, like, her or her life. But in November, November 9th of 1985, I don't know what the event was, but it had to do with the president and the first lady because uh first lady nancy reagan organized a a dance with princess diana and john travolta (laughs) that's so random (laughs) are you ready for this oh god are you ready for this what was the reason i think it's just some event or something i don't know but she just looks beautiful and elegant and she looks like she's having a good fucking time because that's at least minimum what she deserves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Aw, that dress looks amazing on her. Right? Just look how elegant she is. Look how she looks like she's having fun, but you can mm-hmm. see how sad she is behind her eyes. That's the sad part for me. Yeah. Imagine being able to be like, hey, I'm John Travolta, and also I got to dance with Princess Diana. <sighs> yep. So yeah, Nancy Reagan organized that, and I was like, yes, thank you. Okay, another reason why we love our queen, Princess Diana. April 1987. So at the time, there was a lot of like homophobia and fear of AIDS, which in itself is just shitty. Mm -hmm. But Diana ended up going to the Middlesex Hospital, and I believe it was in London. Yeah, London's Middlesex Hospital. And she goes and shakes hands with a man suffering from the disease without gloves on, which sounds still kind of meh. But at the time, there was a lot of, like, misinformation and a lot of, like, homophobia going around. So she yeah. went, shook hands with this man. and I mean, you time, can't get AIDS from shaking hands with somebody. No. But, I mean, maybe they didn't know that at that but point. No, I mean, this. so I have more notes about this. So journalist Judy Wade describes this as, quote, the most important thing a royal's done in 200 years. Wow. It helped dispel the misconception that the then fatal disease, obviously now it's more under control and it's mm-hmm. not as fatal now. I personally, like I didn't 
dive into a lot of research about it. So if I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, I don't know a, a ton about, you know, the AIDS virus, but I know back in like the 80s when it was a really um, common issue that it was way more fatal than it is mm-hmm. now. But she, Princess Diana helped dis- dispel the misconception that it could be transmitted by casual contact. And she proved that. So good for her. I know. I know. So unfortunately, five years into their marriage, their incompatibility and age difference becomes more damaging to their relationship. So Charles resumed his relationship with former girlfriend Camilla Parker Bowles, the wish version of Diana. (laughs) Side note, this has to do with Falcon of the Winter Soldier again. So if you are not a Marvel fan, just skip. I know for those of you who haven't seen it, Please watch it because I'm going to give you some spoilers. Aileen, I know you're not going to, you don't care that much. So I know. <laughs> but, um, I told you that Sam gave up his mantle as Captain America. He's a black man and mm-hmm. I love him with my whole heart. But this dude at the Smithsonian was like, you've made the right decision. And then at the end of the episode comes in and is like, I give to you our new Captain America. And it's a white dude who looks like <laughs> Carl from Up. <laughs> it's the wish version of Captain America. Wait, wait, I saw a TikTok about that today. That it was like, what's the worst glow down in like cinematic history or something? And they showed like a a picture of Chris Evans as Captain America and how hot he was. And they showed this person that was just like. Like no tea, no shade for this poor man that stepped in as this new role. Like, I'm so happy that you got like to act in this show but like you're not my captain america i'm sorry chris evans is captain america steve rogers was my og captain america and sam wilson is my captain america fuck you okay <clears throat> so camilla parker balls <laughs> they know that he's having an affair with her and later on this led diana to start having an affair with major james hewitt and actually because of this now this is misogyny stepping out are you ready for this there was speculation that Hewitt, not Charles, was Her- Harry's father due to alleged physical similarity between them. Like, fuck you. How dare you? This was eventually proven incorrect because Harry was born two years before Diana and Hewitt began their affair in the first place. People are so annoying. Stop. Get some help. 1987, cracks in their marriage became more visible where their coldness and indifference towards each other was actually picked up by the press. So it was so bad. That even, like, news reporters were picking up on it. You know it's shitty when that happens. But I just can't imagine what was going on behind closed doors. Like, what they were fighting about, you know? Mm-hmm. 1989. They attend a birthday party for Annabelle Elliot, Camilla's sister. Diana confronts Camilla about hers and Charles' affair. She says, I quote, I would just like you to know that I know exactly what is going on, unquote. She tells Camilla, warning her not to treat the princess, quote, like an idiot, unquote. So Diana confronts Camilla at her sister, Camilla's sister's birthday party. Yes. And bless her, Diana counts this as one of her bravest moments. I can imagine. So if you didn't already know, so the queen is the queen, obviously. We know Queen Elizabeth. And Philip is actually Prince Philip, but he's the Duke of Edinburgh. Right. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason how it works is if you're a monarch who ascended the throne because of your line and then you marry somebody there. I don't know if it works like the opposite way, but if you're a queen and you ascend the throne because of your line of secession and you marry somebody who is not 
like in the royal family or whatever, or it doesn't have a direct line, they're kind of like the, in like the old terms would be like a consort. So he doesn't have the equal title. He's technically Prince Philip because he, I'm not explaining this well, but he has his title. He's the Duke of Edinburgh, but he's only the prince because he married the queen and she already had that title going. Got it. I didn't explain that well. So please forgive me. I am obviously an American person in America who grew up and was born in America. So I am doing my best. Wait, so Prince Philip is married to the queen? Yes. Okay. So they got married, I believe, in 1947. Right. He's the 99-year-old one. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. I get it now. Because he's a prince because he married, he married the, queen. the queen. But she was the queen. No. Hold on. Yeah, 1947. Okay. Uh, my oh my, my one complaint... So about this is that my living room does not have an overhead light anywhere Ooh, that sucks so like but I can put see this is like the half wall that goes into my mm-hmm. bedroom so if I put the light put on string in there light. put some string lights up there oh maybe I will do that but um this is the half wall that like goes up into my bedroom and if I put the light on in there it kind of like comes out in here so I'll be right back okay so let me go back so I googled real quick why does Prince Philip not have the title of king And this is what it says, just as a general explanation. Again, please don't, like, come for me in a hateful way. I really don't understand how this works, and I'm really learning about this. So it says, quote, Prince Philip does not have the title of king simply because the law of succession in Britain is based on gender and not bloodline. The parliamentary law means that when someone marries a king or queen, they become known as a consort. So I was right. So she was already the queen when she married him. No, so she was in line for the throne already. Okay. She married him in 1947. She didn't become the queen until 1953. But her mother, Elizabeth Bowes, ooh, that's weird. Lion, Leon, Lion, Leon, I don't know. L-Y-O-N, was the queen consort of her father, King George. So it just, it's a gender thing? I don't know. Sounds right. (laughs) It's confusing. It is really confusing. I really don't understand it very well. I remember when uh, Prince Harry and Meghan got married. Um, I woke up at fucking four in the morning to watch that shit. But I remember everybody like freaking out about it. And like, I never have been super into like the royal family. So I never watched any of the weddings or anything. But I was at work and my boss and I were talking about it. And this was back when we shared an office. Mm -hmm. And we were, we literally spent like an hour at lunch, like researching the whole royal family and like what went where and like what the Listen, order was and i could go on a whole like about the racism in this in this family because when harry and Meghan were interviewed by oprah love i mean amazing i'm so i'm so happy that they were able to distance themselves that's my opinion please don't hate me okay they were so the somebody and i for i my opinion is that charles brought this up because charles is a shit bag and we know this they were concerned about Archie's skin color before he was even born. I have a question. Yes, sorry. This honestly when... cut out because uh, that's such a tangent and I'm just... That's <laughs> okay. When the... When the queen dies, who... Who is next? Charles. Okay. And then after him would be... William. William? Okay. Right, because William was born first. Yep. Okay. I was thinking about that because I was like, I I was trying to wonder, I was trying to think if like, they were worried about the skin color of that baby in particular. He doesn't even have a title. They didn't even give him a title. I, I heard that. 
I just <sighs> do they they have other kids, don't they? Who yeah. Megan and uh Harry? Oh no. They're having a daughter. She's gonna be born this summer. If they, and they, they don't have Diana, any other kids. Nope, just Archie. And they're gonna stop after two. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I'm so happy for them. I just Harry's like we're gonna have a boy and we're gonna have a girl. We're gonna stop after that. But what more can you want? I'm like, okay. But you know what the ultimate power move would be? If they named her Diana. <gasps> oh my god! I really <laughs> hope. <laughs> I want that to happen. I really hope they do that. Because listen, despite all of it, despite everything, that's still William and Harry's mother. Same. Okay, we just went on the wildest tangent of all time. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I'm gonna rage. So, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, so Elizabeth and Philip, uh-huh. hosted a meeting between Charles and Diana where they tried unsuccessfully to reconcile their relationship. It was just too broken and too fucked up to salvage, which is fair. I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot going on, and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, and sometimes it's easier to just walk away. It's just, it's not our place. And it's nobody's place to step in and be like, hey, you guys should stay together. Yeah. Fuck off. You can be the queen. I don't give a fuck. So Philip wrote to Diana and expressed his disappointment at the affairs of the both of them. I like your face. That's exactly how I feel on the inside. He asked her to reexamine their behaviors from the other person's point of view. Sir? Fuck off. Be a fucking marriage counselor? Like... No, no. No, no, no. 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 So it was noted that the Duke was very direct and Diana was sensitive. Uh, she found the letters hard to take, but she did appreciate his good intentions. She saw the good behind what he was trying to do. So, June of 1991, Diana kept a two-day vigil at William's bedside after he suffered a severe head injury at boarding school and it required Oof. surgery for him. Guess what Charles did? Oh, no. Charles eventually was reprimanded for continuing his plans for the evening. The Daily says, quote, What sort of father of an eight-year-old boy, nearly brained by a golf club, leaves the hospital before knowing the outcome for a night at the opera, unquote. That's literally disgusting. Charles, fuck you. March 29th of 1990. John Spencer, Diana's father, dies of a heart attack in London. So that's sad already, right? At the time, she and Charles and the kids were in Austria on a ski trip, just as a family. You know, you do that, right? Diana was going to go back immediately, and she actually opposes Charles' offer to go back with her. Um, She knew it was just going to be a publicity stunt just to maintain the image, quote-unquote. Yeah. She said, no, don't come. It's fine. Because she thought it was a public relations thing. Uh, And the palace overruled her on that. That's garbage. Yeah. So So she told him that she didn't want him to come. And then the palace was like, no, he has to. Mm -hmm. So August 20th of 1991. Jumping forward a few months, right? Diana cuts her royal, her annual royal family summer vacation to Balmoral. To return to London to be with a longtime friend, uh, Adrian Ward Jackson. Um, 
he was actually suffering from AIDS, so he died from an AIDS-related illness, but she was in the hospital with him and just by his side and hanging out with him, but he died two days later mm. once we got there, which is really sad. Um, but, but I love this. She had really, she'd been quietly spending time with him over the past few years and even brought William to visit him sometimes, so William got to know him too. I love that. She just was such a good person. May of 1992, right? Journalist Andrew Morton publishes the book Diana, Her True Story in Her Own Words. I almost went to Barnes & Noble today to buy that because I really want to read it, but I just didn't. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so he actually began writing it a year before he published it, and it actually consisted of face no face-to-face -face interviews um, because she couldn't be seen openly participating in this. Mm. But instead, uh, she, he sent, Morton sent in written questions, and... Um, Diana's friend, Dr. James Colehurst, 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 um, he actually recorded her answers to the interviews and sent the tapes back to Morton. Mm. Yeah. So sneaky and awesome. So that's how it got published. I, I actually really want to get that book. I'm not going to lie to you. So December of 1992, Prime Minister John Major informed Parliament officially that the Prince and Princess of Wales are separating. Uh, this move actually comes one month later from a disastrous visit to South Korea, which which forced the palace to realize that the charade had to be done because it just didn't go well. I didn't find a lot of details on that. I I'm sure we probably could, but I didn't because I'm <laughs> a piece of shit. Anyway, December of 1993, so a year later. So Diana announces her plan to re retire from public life for an indefinite period of time. So, unfortunately, this brought down her list of charity patronages. As a royal, uh, in general, you're just required to have certain, you're supposed to be the patron of certain charities and stuff and just do charity work and, and stuff like that. She loved doing it, but she had to cut the list short, unfortunately. In the fall of 1995, Diana meets Dr. Haznat Khan. He's a Pakistani-born cardiac surgeon who actually oversaw her acupuncturist's post-operative care on her and they began a secret two-year relationship. He unfortunately later breaks up with her in early summer of 1997, but very kindly never reveals any intimate secrets as opposed to her previous boyfriend who did. He did a tell-all, which is mm. really shitty. Garbage. Yes. November of 19 November 20th of 1995, BBC the BBC airs Martin Bashir's bombshell interview with Diana at Kensington Palace. So it was actually planned and carried out in secret. Ooh. So during the conversation, she discussed openly her, dis her struggles with depression, bulimia, and trigger warning self-harm. Which, you know what? Hearing that from somebody who is high standing in the royal family, or at least was high standing in the royal family, is very honest and very sobering and very brave of her to do mm -hmm. so. She admitted her own infidelities, which, again, very brave. Like, she didn't have to, and she did. Her famous quote about the love triangle between herself, Charles, and Camilla, quote, well, there were three of us in the marriage, so it was a bit crowded, unquote. Like, I bow to you, queen. Honestly. And I love this. Are you ready? She also expressed doubts about her husband's suitability for kingship. Cool. <laughs> I love that for her. 
I really do. Just take him down on your way out. Like, yeah. Jesus. Literally. She should, because he's a piece of shit. August of 1996. The terms of the divorce are finalized. Right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, divorce and any good, any, any divorce takes a long time. A royal divorce is probably going to take a long time. I wouldn't know. I'm not of royal standing. This tiara is fake. I bought it on Amazon. <laughs> For TikToks. I am of royal standing. So the divorce is finalized. Diana is awarded a lump sum settlement of $22.5 million in cash. As well as $600,000 uh, pounds a year. Earmarked to me. Being- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Six hundred thousand pounds a year. So, yeah. So six hundred thousand pounds a year earmarked to maintain her private office. Wow. She received permission to continue living in their Kensington Palace apartment, which is awesome. She continued to have access to the jewelries that she had been given during her marriage. She was allowed to use the air transport of the royal family and the government. Still, she had access to that. And she agreed completely to give up her claim to the throne. Uh, she probably she, was like, fuck that. I don't want to go anywhere near yeah. that place. Yeah. She was also stripped of the title of Her Royal Highness and later on henceforth was known as Diana, Princess of Wales. So she still technically like was the Princess of Wales, but she's no longer addressed as Her Royal Highness. January 15th of 1997. Again, her just doing good deeds and bringing awareness she walks through a minefield in war-torn angola to support the red cross's call to ban landmines wow uh and also to showcase demining work being done by one of her charities 20 years after this her guide there paul heslop recounted the episode of this so it it was like aired i believe um, to the BBC, quote, this poor woman was about to go into a live minefield, a dangerous area in front of how many hundreds of millions or billions of people on the news. And I thought back to the first time I went into a minefield and I was petrified, unquote. This is a brave ass woman. Ma'am, please. August 30th, 1997. A few months after her breakup with Khan, right? So she had a couple of boyfriends after she officially like, split from Charles. Diana and her new boyfriend, Dodi Fayed, leave Paris's Ritz-Carlton Hotel after dinner to spend the night at his apartment. Just a normal thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so their driver was Henry Paul, or Henri Paul, I would say, probably French, right? He was intoxicated. Oh, no. Over three times the legal limit. Oh, Jesus. So he ended up driving super fucking fast through the Pont de l'Alma tunnel, in an attempt to outrun paparazzi. Shortly after midnight, he crashed their Mercedes into into a cement pylon, killing himself and Fayed instantly. Diana and their bodyguard, Trevor Reese Jones, are rushed to the hospital. August 31st, 1997, Diana unfortunately succumbs to her injuries, most, most if not all of them cardiac in nature, which is really sad. Um, she's pronounced dead at 4 a.m., at, uh, I really don't know how to pronounce this name, um, so I'm not going to try because I really don't want to offend <laughs> anybody, but it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a fit hospital in Paris at the age of 36, so way too young. Mm-hmm. September 1st, 1997, fucking Charles accompanies his ex-wife's remains back from Paris along with her sisters, Sarah and Jane. September 5th of 1997, Queen Elizabeth 
pays tribute to her in a live television broadcast. And then the following day, millions around the world watched Diana's funeral procession and service at Westminster Abbey. This made me choke up a little bit when I was typing this, but her sons walked in the funeral procession behind her coffin along with Charles, the Prince of Wales, Philip, Philip Duke of Edinburgh, Diana's brother, Lord Charles Spencer, and actually some representatives from her charities. Yeah. Yeah. Her brother said, quote, she proved in the last year that she needed no royal title to continue to generate her particular brand of magic, unquote. Elton John actually, who is now known Sir Elton John, uh, right. reworked his song Candle in the Wind to, play, to pay tribute to Diana. He actually called it Candle in the Wind 1997 and performed it at the funeral service. Oh. Yeah. I didn't listen to it because I was not prepared to, to cry in the middle of a coffee shop, but I will be. How old were her sons at the time? 15 and 12. Ugh. That's so young. Eight babies. So he actually released a song as a single and I mean, this was incredible. Proceeds from the song have gone to Diana's charities. That's awesome. I know. So later in the day, same day, uh, her body is transported back home to her family's estate at Althorpe, where she is laid to rest. They had a private burial for her. It included fucking Charles, her sons, her mother, her siblings, an unnamed close friend, and a clergyman. Very private. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even the, king, the queen and Prince Philip were invited there. She was dressed in a long black sleeve dress designed by Catherine Walker and a set of rosary beads gifted to her by Mother Teresa was placed in her hands. Her burial site is in a spot where her grave can be easily cared for and visited in private by William Harry and other Spencer Spencer relatives. So it's just a private area. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I wonder if they ever go. Probably. I firmly believe they do. I mean, if you're 15 and 12, that's got to have some impact on you, you know? And she's such a good mom, so it's it would be very surprising and upsetting to know that. No, if they didn't visit her at all, I would be very upset by that. So the aftermath of this, her bodyguard actually survived the crash. I don't know Uh-oh. the details of how or if he has any issues after the fact, but I don't want to pry into that. That's yeah. thing. So the aftermath of this... There's a lot of theories and stuff, obviously, because it's just a big deal. It's heartbreaking. But initially, the French judicial investigation determined that the crash was caused by Paul's intoxication, reckless driving, speeding, and effects of prescription drugs. Not great. February of 1998. So Mohammed Al-Fayed, Dodi's father, publicly said that he believed the crash had been planned. He accused MI6, which is like the equivalent of like the CIA or um, over here, so MI- right. MI6 and MI5 are UK's CIA, roughly. Don't come for me. He accused MI6 and the Duke of Edinburgh of the, of the crash. So an inquest began in London in 2004 and actually continued in 2007-2008, but eventually the crash was attributed to grossly negligent driving by Paul and to pursuing paparazzi who forced the speeding which is sucky. April 7th of 2008, the jury eventually returned a verdict of, quote, unlawful killing, unquote. I don't know exactly what that means. That was like, against the driver? So unlawful killing, so in English law, unlawful killing 
In English, unlawful killing is a verdict that can be returned by an inquest in England and Wales when someone has been killed by one or several unknown persons. The verdict means that the killing was done without lawful excuse and in breach of criminal law. That's interesting. Yeah. You would think, right? So they basically, so, well, they're basically saying at that point that the reason she died, there was no reason for her dying, but they're not blaming anybody. Because that's what it said, right? That you were they were killed by an unknown person or persons. Yeah. So basically they're saying that she, no she shouldn't have died. Right, exactly. It's really all it's yes. saying. And it's really heartbreaking too, because not because this man, Mohammed Al Fayed, his son died too. Yeah. It's really sad. So the day after the final verdict of the inquest, um, Al Fayed announced that he would end his ten year campaign to prove that it was murder for the sake of William and Harry. Which is oh. really, really heartbreaking. And actually he had a theory that Diana had actually gotten pregnant by his son. And it was a totally unpalatable idea to the British state, which is racist and xenophobic. Mr. Fayed said, quote, the royal family could not accept that an Egyptian Muslim could eventually be the stepfather of the future king of England, unquote. Fuck right off. Garbage. Some newspapers speculated that she actually could be pregnant, but... During the post-mortem examination, there were no signs of pregnancy, and a blood test proved this and said the same thing. Mm. So she was not pregnant. Another theory is that Diana believed that she would be killed off by the establishment, which is really sad and unfortunate. She actually disclosed, she wrote a letter and disclosed this to uh, her one-time butler named Paul Burrell. She had given him this letter for safekeeping, and one of the quotes says, Quote, I am sitting here at my desk today in October, longing for someone to hug me and encourage me to keep strong and hold my head high. This particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. It's unnamed. There's no, it's ellipses. Is planning, quote, an accident in my car, brake failure and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry, unquote. That's so scary. I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't really say this, but that's my theory because Charles married Camilla. Didn't wasn't he? He was dating Camilla before he ever met Diana, right? Yeah, it was one of his ex girlfriends, and then they restarted their affair. But wasn't there something with like the family didn't approve of Camilla or something? Mm -hmm. So that's why they ended up breaking up, and the family approved of Diana. So that's why he married Diana. Yeah, something like that. Garbage. Fuck right off with that. So another theory was actually that the paparazzi made the car crash intentional. But I mean, it's kind of, there's no actual facts to back this up. But it said that photographers had been blamed for, I mean, good reason. They were supposedly chasing them. So yeah, there's an alleged theory that the group of paparazzi chased and pushed Diana's Mercedes so that it could make the crash happen. And then another theory for the tour within the paparazzi theory is that uh, members of the paparazzi encouraged an environment quote-unquote for a crash to happen all the everything just lined up by like being around and yeah and then the third one within this paparazzi theory is that they accidentally created the situation so that the conspirators the real conspirators could exploit that situation to kill the people in the car interesting so somehow it all leads back to the establishment question mark (laughs) Another big theory is that Henri Paul intentionally caused the crash. The driver, right? He died, right? Yeah. On impact, yep. 
so he was the head of security at the Ritz Hotel, and he was hired to drive the car, obviously. Um, some believe that he was actually at the in the pay category of at least another organization, either the French security services or the UK security services, or both. Some actually say that him being drunk was just a lie and a cover-up for killing, for the killings. And this is, uh, you know, another part of this is that it was done by switching his body with someone else's. And it's, it's said that he didn't supposedly seem drunk earlier in the night, but there is no evidence to back any of this up. I literally just found, like, a website that had all the theories behind this, mm. and they just got more ridiculous as they went, but I wanted to include some because just wait until the last one. You're gonna love it. The one that hurts my heart is, I don't think it's true, but, like, if it is, that's so shitty. Another theory is that Diana's medical care was deliberately sabotaged. At the but- hospital? Some theorists believe that the doctors allowed her to die on purpose. Oh, God, I really hope that's not true. I really do, too. They say that, quote-unquote, they didn't treat her in the proper way or they stopped her recovery. And actually, the the article I read said it revolved around her treatment at the scene. They didn't take her to the nearest hospital. They brought her to that specific hospital. And the hospital is named in one of the articles I read, and I'll put the articles in the show notes because I literally... Like, despite my best efforts, cannot pronounce it for the life of me. I'm so sorry. But if she had been taken to the nearest hospital, she might have survived. Unfortunately, no facts prove this because doctors take the Hippocratic Oath and they take it seriously. 99.9999% of doctors take it seriously. I mean, you hear about like the rando outliers that do shitty stuff, but I mean... Mm -hmm. Those are outliers, and doctors really do care about their patients, so they want them to get better, right? Mm-hmm. And the other theory is that 12-year-old John Mulaney from Wisconsin killed Princess Diana and her lover, Dodi Alfayed, in Paris. Can we prove that he was where he said? Sir, you are from Chicago. You aren't a Wisconsinite. I think you're lying. And that's it. That's Princess Diana. <laughs> And I also read that, um, you know, people keep donating to her charities and they really keep up work with that. And just her legacy is just so positive and so incredible. Like, so many books have been published and so many things have been out in media that just shine a light on her and her life and her the difference she made in the lives of her charities and her sons and all that, you know? So I love princess Diana and I wish she had lived so much longer and got to see her grandchildren. Thank you. I think so. I listened a while ago to an episode of another podcast called conspiracy theories and Mm -hmm. they did like a two part podcast on princess Diana and her death Mm -hmm. and everything. Obviously, it's kind of like, I feel like Princess Diana's death to the UK is kind of like the JFK assassination to the US, where there's just like a shit ton of conspiracies. Like the truth is not actually the truth, and there's more to it than it's Yeah, there's just a lot of inconsistencies, so I feel like- JFK was murdered by Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. I- think I remember them saying about how because you had mentioned earlier about how most of her injuries were cardiac related Mm -hmm. right um 
and they I think I think they were talking about in this podcast like I said this was a while ago that I was listening to this so I apologize if I'm remembering something incorrectly but I heard this somewhere that a lot of people feel like she didn't die because of the crash because what in a car crash would have caused you to have like internal cardiac injuries I mean like she didn't she had like didn't she have very minimal actual like physical injuries yeah I think so the only thing I can think of is that her seatbelt was on it just hit her so like have you seen the car it's absolutely smushed so I could believe internal injury well because I remember like everybody saying like telling you to wear your seatbelt because oh my god Mm -hmm. because um everybody says that if she hadn't been or if she had been wearing her seatbelt she would have lived oh so maybe um I don't know I just I don't believe that it was just an accident I believe I didn't I don't know I I I feel like did it I feel like it's almost kind of like the solder children where like there isn't there's enough doubt to make the official story seem like it's not yeah maybe a hundred percent true but there's also right. not enough proof to show that something else happened right exactly. you know what I mean so exactly. it's kind of like I could like, totally I don't believe see the surface why story. every why there are so many conspiracies around it just because the official story doesn't really make a hundred percent sense right. given the circumstances um but I don't I don't know for sure what I believe I don't believe the surface story I really don't I think you know she was too different and I believe that she had too many secrets about the inside and since she like got divorced and like was out of no longer part of the royal family yeah I mean technically but um I think she just knew too much and they need to get rid of her which fucking sucks I just hurts my heart she should have been able to see her grandchildren well that was a depressing story of uh fucking princess queen ass diana such a good person. I mean, regardless of what the cause was of her death, like it's it's she didn't deserve to die. She died way too die. young, and she could have done so much more good mm-hmm. in the world too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know for a fact she would have fought for LGBTQ rights. You know that. You know she would have fought for women's rights. You know she would have fought for Black Lives Matter. You know she would have. That's the thing. Is the world missed out on such a bright, shining person? Mm-hmm. It's really sad fucking hurts my heart right Raina oh she's in her bed (laughs) I love her ears Uh, (laughs) her ears get me every single time she's just like they're so expressive it's hilarious well that was the story of princess Diana catch me crying for I have to edit this so I have to listen to it back again and again (laughs) it's just gonna be a shit storm at least it's one recording it's true Catch me crying in the club. <sighs> and I'm going to go have more whiskey now. Okay, so, you do that. This was uh, this was our podcast. This was fun. <laughs> well, let us know what you think on Princess Diana. Please I mean, don't come for me with the hate, too. I really did my best. And, you know, if you have opinions or you have something that you need to explain to me or Aileen or whatever, please do. Just do it kindly. I'm sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh... We're, we made, we were making this work with 
two people instead yeah. of three I feel yeah. like I don't know the, the whole dynamic is the just dynamic off. is off yeah. yeah not that like we are at like doing great but it's just we it's it's weird to just like be talking to just you I don't know we're so know. used to, at this point to there being three of us and now it's just like hello <laughs> there's something missing here exactly well Aileen where can you find us on social follow us on Instagram at murder mystery mac and cheese i think we're almost at like 150 followers now which is impressive because we are just three crazy bitches who are talking about true crime and shit so let me see oh we actually we have 149 followers right now so we are almost at 150 get us at Um, 150 Plus, we're almost at like a hundred total plays on the podcast, which is wild. It is wild because we really just started this to be like, we just need to spread our bullshit on the internet. And Mm -hmm. if people listen, they listen, but cool. I quite literally think that Kat just randomly texted me one day and was like, listen, let's do a true crime podcast. And I was like, okay. (laughs) We can can attribute this to Sean because he actually came up with the name and I was like, you're on to something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Aileen, true crime podcast, let's do it. Yes. And, and here we are. What here is we this? Are. Episode seven. seven? Wow. 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 Oh, wow. Well, I think we're getting to the point now where it's good because there's enough content that you can almost binge it. Yeah. Because like, I I mean, for me, when I start a new podcast, I like to start from the beginning. Me too. And I just like, like I go on Spotify and I sort by like oldest to newest and I started the first one and I just keep listening. Yep. So if there's only one episode, like. We can't binge. Right. There's yeah. there's a chance that you may not come back. But now that we have oh seven, God. it's like. We're at binge know. levels now. Woo! But thank you to all of our listeners that have listened so far and have like mm-hmm. liked our Instagram and stuff. Like we couldn't have done it without you. We're really not looking for like a ginormous fan base, but we do have people that are listening. So we're really grateful for that. Cool. Cool. Well, cool, cool. So until next week. Hopefully there'll be a, a full podcast next recording and Carly will be back. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Until then, Stay we true. will talk to you guys. Next- I'm not even drinking. (laughs) (laughs) We will talk to you guys next time.